Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. We finish up a series on giving. We've called Thanksgiving and... Uh, I didn't know I played that well. That's pretty good, yeah. And uh, and the text is found. Uh, just I'm just I'm not going to read the whole passage. Just the text is found in the ninth chapter of Second uh, Corinthians, where the apostle Paul, after he's, uh, we'll talk about what goes before it, but he concludes his thoughts by saying that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Now, that word cheerful is an interesting Greek word. It is the basis for our term hilarious, that the Lord loves hilarious giving. And I think if I do a decent job here of explaining this, that you can see why he reaches that conclusion, that, that it really is possible to be able to give away money that most of us like to hang on to because we think it's ours and we're giving it away is so exciting and so satisfying that he actually says it's, it, it's more than just a pleasant experience it's, it's, it's you get giddy about it and maybe we can kind of before we're finished here show you how he reaches that conclusion if you'll take your if you'll take your sermon outline, and we want to move through it a little bit because there are times when I forget to finish filling in the blanks and then you come running up here and tell me you forgot this one, which I usually do. So if you follow along, we'll try to get this thing completed. I want, I want to start off by saying that um, what you'll see in one and two there there is a biblical difference between tithing and an offering. And when you go back to the book of Malachi in the third chapter, verse 8, he actually, you, he's, he, he's actually castigating the people there because they've been, uh, in, for their off, tithes and offerings, they've been picking the lousiest animals in their herd and, uh, and giving it rather than the best. And... And uh, the prophet really gets on them and says that you're robbing God with your tithes and offerings. He separates the two. The tithe <clears throat> is a 10% gift. And we've already talked about how that started with Abraham giving a tithe to Melchizedek <clears throat> in the Old Testament. Referred to again in the, uh, in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. But the tithe was, uh, see, the early church started off being almost exclusively Jewish. The Jewish people knew what it meant to tithe. If you wanted a synagogue in your community, you had to have at least 10 people in order for them to provide um, the, the, their preacher. And so... <clears throat> And the reason it was 10 people is because those 10 families were expected to tithe. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that 10 then, and their tithe then 
gave the, uh, you're welcome, um, gave the, uh, you're still not in the wheel. <laughs> See, the tithe then, with 10% from 10 different people, gave them, uh, the rabbi, the same level of living as they had. That's one of the reasons I get less than kind to some of these preachers who live extravagant lives, have their own jet planes, have all that kind of stuff, and they take it off the backs of people, many of whom don't have much. And I could, I could labor on that for a little bit, uh, but I'm not going to, just simply for time's sake. The tithe then was expected, and so that was, uh, and it was used for the local, uh, for carrying out the business of the church, or in that particular case, the synagogue, at the local level. And uh, <clears throat> when you uh, when you look over in the book of First Timothy, you will see that it he actually spells out what it's for in the in the fifth chapter in, in verse nine. Uh, he, he, uh, he tells us that, well, in that fifth chapter, just to save time, he mentions two different uses of the tithe at the local level. One was to pay a living wage uh, for the preacher. Secondly, they practiced in the early church something that the government does today. They, the church was the welfare system. And if there were widows in the church that fit a certain description, they had to be a certain age. They didn't, if they had a family, the family was to take care of them. If they didn't have a family, then they had what they called the enrollment of widows. And they took care. Now, the widows, if they were physically capable, and they had some responsibilities they had to do, but nonetheless, they had that enrollment of widows, and, and part of the tithe was used to care for them. They didn't have church buildings then. Church buildings didn't come along for two or three hundred years. And um, uh, probably one of the worst things we ever did was start church buildings. We'd probably all be better off if, if the church still met in people's homes, but that's not going to change, and so we're stuck with what we got. Because, you know, we, buildings like this, just the heat bill alone in, in real cold weather runs $4,000 a month. And uh, I, I could play a lot of golf in Mexico on that, you know. So the tithe was used at a local level, but then there was a second thing there called offerings. And in this particular text, in in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, Matthew talked about 8 last week, in chapters 8 and 9, he's not talking about the tithe. He's talking about a special offering. And when you, if you look carefully in the 16th chapter, at the conclusion of 1 Corinthians in 16th chapter, listen, because he describes that offering this way. It's a special collection. Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so when I come, no collections will have to be made. And uh, so the Apostle Paul is talking about taking up a special offering, and he tells them what that offering is for. 
The church, you recall, started in Jerusalem. And when the people became Christians there, the Jewish culture just cut them out. And they were starving. They couldn't do business. They, they were just really having it tough. So the Gentile, this is interesting. The Jews forever had looked down their nose at Gentiles. The word Gentile means pagan. They looked down their nose at the pagans. And now we have Gentile churches in Macedonia, which is now part of Greece, in Galatia, which is a province over in, uh, in Turkey, and, in, uh, and now in the city of Corinth, down on the peninsula there in Greece, most of whom were Gentiles saving up money for a special offering to take back to help the Jewish people in Jerusalem who were starving. This is called an offering. It's totally separate from the tithe. And that's what he's talking about here in 2 Corinthians. And so on your outline, if you'll look at it carefully here, we get through the... And I want to talk a little bit about special offerings because it is interesting that in regard to the special offering, the Apostle Paul says you can get giddy about that. You can get excited about that. It, 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 you, when you see what it's being used for, it's abs- it, it's, it's just, it just brings goosebumps. It's a, it's a cheerful thing. You get excited about it because you see what it's accomplished. And special offerings are something that, uh, that we do here routinely. That's why these coins are up here. And, and through the years, we've done some things that, that I want to call to your attention. The building that you see, we built this building called a baby rescue building in Uganda at the village, uh, at, at Destiny Village of Hope. Now, there's 1,850 orphans there. And we've, we, and, and we've got about 85 babies that we have rescued from the hospital where their parents are either died or abandoned them or whatever. And we brought them here. And we raised $60,000 for that building. And, then when, and it was dedicated to Alice Kay and to Beverly. And we went over for that dedication. That building that you see was built for, and, and by the way, it had uh, one of the few flushing toilets in that part of the country. And, and it not only built the building, it was completely furnished uh, for the babies and it had mosquito nets and everything that went with it so that they could just move in and use it. Now, <clears throat> that was, that was uh, one of the real exciting things that we saw happen and we went over, several of us went over for the dedication. Mr. Metalla, who's over the little denomination called Back to the Bible Truth, BBT they call it, has, had developed a, a system that he referred to as village transformation. And it amounted to three different things. This is for the second when you see water wells there. Here, here's what he told us, that he, what he tries to do. Now, there, there's 50, there have been 52 tribes of different tribes in Uganda at one time, and there's still tribal tensions. You know, about 25 years ago, the Tutsis were wiped out uh, in, in Rwanda, which is right next door to Uganda. Almost a million people were in that genocide. And so he says, we, we find a preacher from that tribe, and we send him there with two bicycles. One bicycle he rents out, 
as the t- and, the, and the other he uses to get around. And so he visits every, in that village, he visits every hut, every business, everything, and tells them that they're going to start a church there. And as soon as they can afford it, the first thing that they do, because more people die there of impure water than any other thing other than AIDS, and AIDS has now gone from about, 30, about 40% mortality rate down to under 10 And so the first thing they try to do once they get the preacher there is they try to provide clean water. And we have, we have uh, here you see at Loero uh, a water well that we dug. That cost $15,000. And that means that they have to have uh, an engineer to find where the water is and you bring in a construction company and so on. But this particular water well developed a problem. They got some rust in the bottom of it. And, um, and so they came in and repaired it. And the contractor said, you guys have been mistreated. This wasn't done right. So he just dug another one free right next to it and gave it to us. And so that particular place has two water wells. And so what the preacher does then, as soon as that water well is there, is he visits every one of those huts, all those businesses in that community again, and says, the Lord has provided clean water. And anyone here is welcome to come to the water well. All you'll need to do is to get one of those yellow containers to carry it home in. And it is something that the Lord had provided. And by the way, we've started a church. After a little while and we don't have a picture of this, but after a little while, they build a little building that's probably 15 by 15 square at the, at the max and put a little wall in between it and they put an LP in and then the preacher goes and visits every one of the huts again, knocks on every one of the doors and tells them that the Lord has provided some health care. Now, if you have any money, if you've got any, any eggs or chicken or whatever to help pay for it, fine. If you don't, you'll still be treated. That the Lord has provided health care and, and, uh, and it's for this community. And by the way, there's a church here now too. The last thing that they do is that they start a school and, they, they, and he'll go to every village there and says, on such and such a date, we're going to, the first grade will meet. And the school is usually some poles with some tent, with some tent over top of them. Uh, in case of rain, because the weather is usually pretty nice there. It's only about 30 miles or so from the equator. <clears throat> so the water well is very important, and, and it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we've dug either five or six, each of them costing about $15,000, and that's down here but not up there. Can you, can you, I, I know I'm pretty, but get it up there if you can. There you go. See, those are the little yellow things that I was talking to you about, and, uh, uh, and we'll see more about that as we move along. And, so, and I think it's important that you all know where your money is spent, how it is spent, and how it benefits other people. That's where the excitement comes, when you know, and we really go to an extreme almost to let everybody know exactly where your money goes. Interestingly enough, someone who was a newcomer dropped a little note in the offering bucket a couple of weeks ago and said, we'd like to see and hear about where, uh, where the money is actually spent. And then according to the law of the United States, we as a nonprofit corporation, we provide an annual report that t- tells 
whether income, where it comes from, and what it's spent, and it's available to anybody and everybody that, that, that wants a copy. You try to be as transparent as possible. Now, if you, the next one there you'll see is Christian education. The school at, uh, at, uh, at the Village of Hope that I was telling you about is rated third best in the whole country. And, um, and yet, when you get out of high school, you, if you don't have a vocation, you can't get a job. It's not much different than here. Here, if you're a good welder, you can get a job making seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. Those guys, they, they do well. And, and, uh, and so we were visiting in Loero in a little village up there. Uh, and um, Mark and Virgie were with us. Hunters were with us. And there was a little building there that had never been completed and so on. And, and, uh, and Mark and Virgie, and I'll, I'll embarrass Mark a little bit, but they're as generous with their money as anybody I ever met. I mean, what they do with their backpacks here locally, almost feeding a thousand children um, when they take those backpacks home. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing what they've done. They decided they wanted to, to complete that school that was meeting under it, just those. She had three grades. Sister Barbara had three grades, and they met there in a little church building and under that, those tin, that tin roof. And they took it, and this is the building, uh, that cost about thirty thousand dollars to to it's it's complete, uh, and they've named it after their their son that died a few years ago, and and we helped them with I think five thousand dollars to uh, to get that done, but mostly it was the money from Mark and Virgie that uh, that built that building for Christian education, and we're in the process right now on the village of Hope there in Destiny of raising the funds to provide a vocational school. Because a lot of these kids, when they graduate from school, they just go back on the street. Remember that 50% of the population is 16 years old and under. So it's a different world because many of the people from the ages of 20 through 40 were wiped out uh, through AIDS. And so it's, uh, it, you get the young people there and you've changed that country. That country has the potential of being a little, little United States like we were maybe 50, 100 years ago. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for us. And, you, and, and I think we'll know this in another few days. It appears that we've raised enough money to build the building for the vocational school. That's $90,000. And my first wife has been primarily involved in raising that money. Uh, she puts a touch on people every once in a while. We were in a meeting out west, and this young couple were talking. And before we got through talking, she had $20,000 of their money and, and for, that, for that school. They may be, and they may be going to Uganda with us next May. Uh, and then, uh, then we talk about healthy, if you look on your sermon outline, they're healthy hygiene. We're talking about building a building, uh, uh, building toilets, 10, 12 toilets. And we have a picture of the mechanical drawing that will be used for, uh, these toilets are flushable toilets and then the, re the residue goes into a container that uh, goes through a process and develops bio, it's called a digester, and it, and, and it produces uh, methane gas that can be used then to cook in the kitchen. And 
we've been raising the money for that here. We've got these coins to take down this week. My guess is from looking, we're going to be, the, 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 that whole process to become functional costs $15,000. But it saves them $57 a day in charcoal and wood and a number of trees. And I went ahead and borrowed from Mrs. Rawlings' savings account enough money to just send it over there. And, uh, and, and they already have the money. I'm hoping that it will be constructed and functioning by the time we get there in May so that I can take pictures and video and bring back to you and show you what you've accomplished. That'll be the first one in that country. And, uh, so, and, it'll, and, and they'll have a flushable toilet and you've got 1,850 kids there. And uh, my, my wife has made me promise not to call it a pooperia anymore, so I won't call it that. But anyway, you, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about uh, for, for, for the hygiene of, of those youngsters and their teachers and so on and so forth. And these special projects, when they're brought to completion, if you could see what it means to them, it would cause you to get excited here and know what being a cheerful giver really meant when the Apostle Paul said, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I think we might be able to show you that. Now, take your little idiot sheets and follow after me for a minute because I'm just going to quickly go through number three. Generous giving. Now, um, and this is a review of the eighth chapter that Matthew talked about last week <clears throat> when he says... Uh, here in verse 7, let me, let me read this one for you as soon as my eyeballs adjust to it here. But just as you are, as you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, and, and complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Grace of giving. What is grace? The biblical concept of grace is that you give you get what you don't deserve. God gives us free salvation because of what Jesus did on the cross. Salvation is a gift of God to those who put their faith in Christ. So, so, and we don't deserve it because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, he re, so we are recipients of that which we don't deserve. And, and so he says that giving for offerings, for special offering, is a type of grace. Where you're providing for people what they don't deserve, but because you love them and, and out of honor for the Lord, for what we have, the grace we have received, we share that grace with others. So it's called the grace of giving. And, he, and here in verse 10, he says, And here is my advice about what is best for you in this manner. Last year, you were able first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. So offerings should, are not something that you impose on people. It is something that they choose to do out of a desire. Now, and so, and not out of compulsion, you'll see. Now, I've actually broken that rule a time or two. When we got ready to build that first building that was dedicated to Beverly and Alice Kay, I actually sent out letters to about 30 people and said you need to cough up $1,000, and most of them did, so there was a little compulsion there. Um, and I've repented for a couple of seconds about that and, and, and got that behind me because it, it, it worked out all right. Now, 
And, and it's interesting to me that in verse 24, he actually says that generous giving for these special projects is an expression of love. This is the way we show that we love the Lord and we love people. Now, remember this. The way we prove we love the Lord, according to the New Testament, is by the way we treat other people. And the church has had a lot to learn along that line. The way you prove you love God is not just by the words you speak, but by how you treat other people. And so, and, and love means, in the New Testament concept of the agape, love means denying myself in order to be a blessing to somebody else. And, he sa- and then he says... There's going to be, we're going to use a great deal of care. And this is in, in, in verse 20, he talks about it here in, the ch- in chapter 8. Because here's what we're going to do. We want to be very careful to see that the funds that are collected are used exactly as, for the purpose that they were given. And here's what he asked to do. He said, uh, the churches at, at Macedonia, the churches in Galatia, and now the churches at Corinth, and we want representatives from each of those church areas to go with us to carry the money back to Jerusalem so that you can see that it was used for what it was given. Now, you may not know this, but there are laws concerning directed giving here in the United States. I don't know, I haven't checked recently, but a few years ago, if you wrote a check for $500, and and there is a minimum, I think it was $500, and you sent it through the mail, and you designated it for giving, you said, I want it used, uh, you know, for Scott Rawlings' something, whatever, and it wasn't used for that, then... Uh, and, and somebody brought it to the attention of the government, you were actually guilty of mail fraud, and that's a felony. And so it is serious, and there are preachers in jail right now who have used money that is, had been designated for something out without the permission of the giver, and the result was they went to jail. So it's a fraud. So it's very important that we be really transparent and let the people know, here's how much we got, here's what it's being used for, and and then try to let them see that uh, what they intended and what we said was going to happen actually happens. Because what it does is it it gives people confidence in the leadership of the church and, and what it was set out to do. And we also like to do something If you notice the last one there, and I learned this in business, we like occasionally to do something that fits under the category of BHAG, B-H-A-G, if you see that there. That stands for Big, Hairy, Audacious Gift. And, 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 And it means then, what it really boils down to is occasionally you, you choose to try to accomplish something that without God being involved in blessing it, it won't happen. It beyond, and what happened here is the apostle tells them uh, that they actually did that. In verse 3, he says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. They were so generous that, that they gave beyond what they had. Kind of reminds me of the story of the woman with the mite, you know, in the temple that Jesus talked about. Now, I want to get past that, for, and, and I want you now to look at the lesson that we have to look at here from the ninth chapter. Um, and we move from the eighth to the ninth chapter, and that was really what was assigned. In 
in your first lesson there, in your first line there, in verses 1 and 2 of the ninth chapter, it says that they were eager to help. Here's what it says. There's no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints, meaning the people in Jerusalem. For I know your eagerness to help. And I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year in Acacia, you were ready to give. And then nextly, in, in, in the second line, the, their godly enthusiasm led to action. Here's why I said that. And your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. You know, I don't know whether you've ever had the unfortunate experience of worshiping in a dead church. I have. I mean, you walk into it and it's like a refrigerator. You know, when I ask you all to bring it down to a dull roar, and I listen to all that chatter out in the atrium after church services are over, blah, 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 blah. All of that's really healthy. I love to see a church get so excited that they make newcomers feel uncomfortable. And you can actually do that. I've actually been in church, especially in Uganda, because they get cranked. You know, they're, they're what I call mildly Pentecostal. And uh, that, that's kind of... Uh, Ralph on steroids, if you get the picture, and uh, and 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 they feel like they haven't been to church if there's not some godly enthusiasm that's shown there, not just for the worship service itself, but anything that they undertake, and and enthusiasm comes from a Greek word in theos, the word God, and it means then that God is in it. Enthusiasm means God is in it. In and theos is the word for, Greek word for God. That's where we get the word enthusiasm. When God gets involved in it, it, it gets exciting. Amen, Brother Al? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See there, he's alive and well. Okay. So, <clears throat> and then uh, next, early arrangements. Now listen to this because this gets to be important for you. Early arrangements. Because he said, I want you all to... Uh, every week to, when you get together to lay by a little bit of money so when I get there I don't have to take a special offering. I want it to be ready so all we have to do is grab it and run. And so he's talking about preparations that enables you to be generous. That's why we have stuck in your bulletin for the last month a copy of a blank copy for making a budget. Let me tell you about budgeting. I'm not very good at home in dealing with budgets. Alice Kay is super good. She's really well disciplined. And if she goes to the grocery store, she has this list of stuff, and that's all she buys. If I go to the grocery store, I see lots of other things I like too, and so I put them in the basket. And when I bring them home and put them on the shelf, I get the look. <laughs> Any of you ever had the look? What the heck is this for? She told me the other day, because Patrick and Eddie like grapes. So she had grapes. So they had two kinds of grapes. They had green ones and purple ones. I couldn't make up my mind, so I got both. Put it in there and brought home. You know, that just made sense to me. Women think differently. I don't, and I've never been able to figure them out, and I probably never will. And uh, I, I, well, we won't go there because I'm in enough trouble from last night. I didn't want to go there. But budgeting does an interesting thing. Because we've always, because of 
of her discipline, she's extremely well disciplined. Because of her discipline, we've been able to, you know, we put give the church 10%, we put 10% back uh, in savings, and we live off of the left of the rest. And she would she would actually, from the groceries, save enough money to buy Christmas presents and so on and so forth. I couldn't do that. I'd be in a hole. But she could do that. Here's an interesting observation that, listen carefully. If you will bud, live, develop a budget and live by it, developing the discipline to live by it, you will live better than you've ever lived in your life, have more without having to increase your income. You know why? You won't waste money on foolishness because we spill a lot of money on foolishness. I don't know whether you smoke or not, but if you did, somebody, if you do, somebody needs to cut your throat and help you get over it. Five dollars and a half for a pack for 20 cigarettes? And there's, yeah, somebody said six, well, you're, you're getting robbed, you know. <clears throat> and I learned to smoke before. I could roll my own before I went to school. I, I know about smoking. And when I started, you know, buy, to buy them, you could buy them for a penny a piece, 20 cents, buy you a pack of cigarettes. All that's changed. When I went to Bible college, they kicked you out if you smoked. So I had to quit. And, uh, and I smoked because we raised tobacco on the farm and I was just being loyal. So if you look at this, offerings allow each person to make their decision without compulsion. Tithing was expected. The 10% was expected. The gifts in, in, in beyond that as offerings, were, there was no compulsion there. They were to be free to choose whether to do it or whether they didn't. Each person. And there was no demand there uh, now, here's, here, and we're about to wind this up. Then believers earn God's approval with attitude. Listen to me now. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. If you can't give with joy in your heart to be able to provide grace and help for someone else, keep it in your pocket. You get no credit from God. The amount is immaterial to God. He ain't broke. It is to our benefit that he asks us to do that, not his. Because the way you prove you love God is by how you treat other people. That's very clear. So <clears throat> generosity, we've said here, uh, results in thanksgiving to God. And, and this is <clears throat> in verse 11. Uh, he says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So I want you to know what we put out here is not just my opinion. It's everything I've supported from what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Now, here's what I think where the excitement comes. I think the excitement comes when we see a job that we have set out to accomplish, when it's finally completed and people are blessed by it. My pappy used to say, don't do anything that isn't worth doing and don't, and he, don't start something else till you've completed what you're doing. 
World Health, the group that we work through to send that handles the transfer, moving of money and goods and so on, the World Health will not start a job until they have the money in hand to complete it. And I think that's really a good thing. And so I think the joy comes from being able to see a completed job. You remember when Jesus died on the cross and he had actually accomplished uh, the God's plan for the saving of souls of people who put their trust in Jesus? What did he say? It's finished. The job is done. Won't it be wonderful? And this is in the parable of the talents in the in the 20th chapter, uh, 25th chapter of Matthew, when when the apostle Paul is talking there, and or the Jesus is talking there, and, and he says to the people who receive the various talents, all but one, when you have brought the money back with interest and provided it to the owner, he said, "You'll hear these words: Well done, good and faithful servant." You've been faithful in a few smaller things. Now I'm going to give you some real good things to do. To be able to die and go to heaven and stand in the presence of the living God and hear him say to you face to face, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't think there could be anything more exciting than that. And I want you to see now as we close the excitement that people have when you are generous with them with your resources. So play that little video for me, guys, and let's let the people look at it. This comes to you, the pastor, the readership of uh, Christ Community Church in Ohio. This is unbelievable. The day is historical. I'm standing here with residents of this village, and to their amazement, they cannot believe that today they're having an access to safe water. What an answer to prayer. It's unbelievable. And my words cannot even express their joy. And I'm also excited them because we've gone to the place where they have been drawing water you couldn't believe it longer distances to many of them and has been unsafe water many of them were worried they didn't know where were, whether their kids could survive when they are drawing water Israel they could draw be drawn in the ponds but today because of your support because of your fans because of your love here we are and we are ready to launch this well 
you know, for the purpose and in respect of these residents to start having an access to safe water. Allow me to pass our vote of thanks to you, the pastor, the leadership, or, and all the saints at Christ Community Church in Ohio. Thank you so much. On behalf of the residents, please receive our joy. That's what it, Jesus meant when he said, it's more blessed to give than to get. And that's the way we become hilarious givers when we see other people are blessed by what we've done. Lord, bless us as we leave here and go to our homes. Help us, Father, to always have tender hearts and to share the grace that you've given with, uh, to us with those who are less fortunate than we. Dismiss us with a sense of your abiding presence is my prayer in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. you're free to go.